have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to Straight From The Chest. My name is Justin Groth, and I am your host on this podcast, guys. If you're new, welcome. Thank you for giving me your listening ear. If you're listening online on Apple, Spotify, thank you. I really, really appreciate your listening ear, guys. If, you're, if, you're, if you've been listening for any length of time, then obviously you already know I appreciate you as well. Man, so, you know, the reason behind this particular podcast was to give you guys an understanding of what it means to be obsessed with something and really you know we can we can kind of take this into a story so i want you to visualize what let's say a past christmas that you had and you were really just there was something that you were really wishing for or you're asking your parents for, obviously this is back like when you're a kid, obviously, but there's got to be a Christmas that you were just so, you were so, you had such an involvement with this particular thing, it was a toy or whether it was whatever it was, and you just, you obviously were obsessive about it, you just thought about it day and night, you, you, you were, you were, <laughs> you were probably bugging your parents about it to no end, and you were just, you were just hoping that this was going to pop up on Christmas Day. And then because your parents are hopefully uh, <laughs> good people, they gave you what you wanted, All you know, unless it was something like that was, you know, going to hurt you or whatever. But <laughs> they gave it to you because they you were not only because you were so persistent, but because you had such an enthrallment over it and because you had such an affinity for it and it you were just immersed in it and it was something that you just your 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 soul wanted and you just everything about you every fiber in your being was just all about this particular toy or a particular thing and you got it and you were so you were so happy that day and you woke up and you saw this gift and you just you couldn't have been happier right then obviously you know you get used to it it comes it becomes commonplace now and you kind of forget about it the difference with that and your actual purpose in life is that that purpose never goes away that red curtain once it's unveiled it never it never stops being something that you chase and that's but the but the actual act in the beginning and where your consciousness is that doesn't change you were you were obsessed you were enthralled with something you have you have you have you every fiber in your being from sun up to sundown is thinking about this particular thing you become borderline possessed with what you are thinking about and what you want that is something that if you don't have you need to grab that there needs to be something in your life that you're obsessed borderline possessed about that you think about sun up to sundown that you have an enthrallment over that you will have an affinity of 
And that is something that needs to not ever, ever go away because that eventually is going to become your possession. Just like the gift on Christmas day, it eventually became your possession. But because your gift is obviously tangible and you play with it and it's done and it's over with and you're like, you've had your time with it, you get over it. But that's not something that happens with your purpose because your purpose is consistently, consistently renewed by every single day. You get better at it. You can become more refined at it. You see more doors and more opportunities displaying themselves and opening up for you as a byproduct of you being consistent. And then not to mention the people that you're affecting in the positive light and gathering what to do with them in terms of how they're going in their life and dispensing value within them. And that's something that never becomes old. It never becomes something that is, well, this is like, okay, I'm done with this in my life. And if it does, it's, and if, if that is you, it's only going to magnify to a different level. It's only going to just, it's only going to bring your trajectory to a different level that causes you to be even better. But it started with that seed, the obsessive seed nonetheless in the beginning. But guys, if that's a seed you don't have, I really urge you, not just encourage you, I really urge you to find that. And hopefully that comes from a genuine, from a genuine posture. Because really, if you don't do something, if you do something and you have you have a let's say an outsider extrinsic uh, motive behind, then that's probably not the genuine nature that I'm that I'm trying to illustrate here. If you do something and the impetus behind it is just monetary, then I think that there's some, I think some, I think that there's some distortion with that. And I think that now if you're in a position, I understand people have different positions in life. I'm not so, I'm not going to pontificate here and say, look, man, everybody can just, it's your moral obligation to do what you, to do the thing that you love. And you have the ability to do that because not everybody does. Not everybody's in positions in their life where they can follow their moral obligation. They have to do things for money because that's the position that they're in in life. I understand that. And there are some people that are in, that are obviously in poverty, uh, poverty, poverty, poverty ran communities and they don't really have, they don't have the ulterior, um, let's say resources to go out and do what they want to do. They love to do, or maybe they're just getting by in life and they're just, they're trying to hammer out each day because each day is a trivial task. And for that person, you can't say, Hey man, like just do what you love, (laughs) do what makes you happy. You, I mean, I guess you can, but then that person can look at you like, do you even understand what I'm going through? Like the last thing on my mind is doing something that makes me happy. I got to do what I need to do right now that pays my bills. And so this reminds me of the movie. I just watched this movie the other night and it's the pursuit of happiness. And Will Smith is obviously, he plays this part awesome. And I love it because it's a true story and it really depicts the, the, and I hate to use this word, but I can't figure a better word right now to describe him, but the grinding persistent nature of Will Smith or this man in life, like he just, it seems like he can't catch a break, but he nonetheless stays persistent 
and consistent with his dream. And his dream, obviously, is to get out of this, out of this poverty that him and his son are enlaced in. And to do that, he's got to make strides towards becoming a better himself, becoming a better self. And look, man, he's good at he's good with people and he's good with numbers. So what does that make him? Like a uh, accountant? No, accountants really aren't that good with people. Most of them, if you've ever encountered accountants, they're not really that good with people. But I mean, I'm saying not every one of them is not. Some of them are, I'm sure. There are unicorns. <laughs> but, you know, he finds a, a job that matches what he's good at, which is, um, oh, what was it? It was um, stocks. I believe it was stocks. Now, not only is that match his criteria, but it also has a propensity to make a lot of money. But was he was he passionate about stocks? No. He was passionate about people and numbers. He was good with those elements. So he uses core elements inside of the of the framework or under the umbrella, so to speak, of stocks. And so, and then he obviously, you know, story as the story goes, he was very he was very lucrative in that, right? And he had to go through so much turmoil and crap. He was kicked out of his apartment like him and his son were sleeping in a bathroom. It's a true story, guys. That's not, you can't go to that person and say, hey man, just do what you love. That is not applicatory to that person. He can't understand you. He, that doesn't resonate with that. That doesn't give anybody, that doesn't give that person the gasoline they need to fuel their dream. They need real life pragmatic demonstrations of how to go about their life. And so that person or Will, I'm going to say Will Smith because I don't know the actual gentleman's name, but Will Smith in the, in the storyline, he's doing whatever he can to make it within moral value, right? He's not selling himself. He's not going selling drugs and doing that stuff, but he's doing what he needs to provide for him and his son, probably more importantly, his son, right? And He's doing the best he can, but because he's persistent and because he believes in his dream and his dream, it's not really clear what his dream is, but his dream is to get out of this position and provide more for his son and for himself. And he does that with being persistent and actually being obsessed with this desire to propel out of this position in his life with where he lives, with what he's able to afford, everything. And probably a lot of the impetus is his son. Like his son is the reason why he's going to new levels and he's trying to, he's trying to better himself. But he's obsessed with it day in and day out, man. And he doesn't let up. And obviously he prevails. But he could not have. And he definitely would have not if he just gave up. And he just said, you know what, man? This is way too hard. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And you know the story, how that goes with anybody else. That you're, you, can, you can apply it to most people in life, man. You give up, you're not going to lose the weight. You give up, you're not going to see what you're made of. You give up, you're not going to develop this business. You give up, you can never see the potential in you if you give up. And that's something that just wasn't on the table for him. And because it wasn't, and because it became an obsession, it then became a possession to him. He then possessed, not in the evil nature, he possessed in the good nature what he worked for. 
And so the moral of this is your obsession is going to become your possession, but you have to stay dedicated and you have to stay diligent and you have to believe in yourself. That may come across Sesame Street, but there's no Sesame Street. There is no Sesame Street to the term or to the phrase. You believe in yourself. That takes you places. If you don't, you will go nowhere. Nowhere. The obsession has to be there. And the only thing that's hard about that obsession existing is balancing it with addiction because it can sometimes manifest into addiction. And that can come, uh, that can actually unravel itself into less, less valuable opportunities, but, or value, I shouldn't say opportunities, less valuable um, trails in life to go down, which is leave it at that. But if you balance your obsession and, and use it towards a, a better quality of life, like you're hopefully doing right now, then it will unravel itself and pronounce itself as something of a possession in your life and you'll be able to keep it forever. And that possession is just going to, it's just going to propagate over time into multiple possessions. And not only the possessions you have, but the things that you're leaving your trail along the way for others to follow A and for others to actually benefit B. That's, that's life. That's your, that's your, that should be your, that should be your, your, your reason for existing every day. If it's not, if it's not you abounding in your, in your possession every, every single day, it's your, it's your impetus to get up every day to do the thing that is calling you and calling your name and, and really manifesting of obsession over you with. That is the reason why you exist. And it, it's hard right now. Got it, man. It's hard. And different people have different testimonies. We have different trials. Look, man, I'm looking at that movie and I'm thinking, I have done none of that in my life. I've gone through none of that. I'm even, I'm questioning, am I going to come into anything great? And this is just me being real with you. I'm, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, man, there's no, I haven't even had a shred of this in my life. Am I, does that mean I'm not going to come into anything that's great or anything profound? I don't believe so. I believe that God's going to use me in the way that he wants to use me. And that doesn't, I'm not a byproduct of where I come from. Just because my parents did the right thing and they raised me right doesn't mean that I'm now not going to be able to leave my legacy because I don't have that hard of a testimony behind me because I didn't grow up in poverty because I didn't grow up with you know, abusive parents or anything. I had a great childhood, man. I lived in a cul-de-sac. I played with kids on my bikes, went to the store and got candy. Like it was a great childhood. Does that mean I'm not going to be able to do something great with my life because I didn't have that hard knock life in the beginning? No, God's going to use me where he wants to use me. And he's going to use my, my, He's going to use everything that made me into being everything that I'm supposed to be. And it's not going to look like Will Smith's or not Will Smith, but it's not going to look like that character's life. 
It's not going to look like it's not going to look like Jocko's life. It's not going to look like Eric Thomas's life. It's not going to look like Tony Robbins' life. It's not going to look like Stephen Furtick's life. It's not going to look like any of those people's lives, but it's going to have my signature on it. And that's what's going to be the difference. And that's what's going to be my story. It's not going to look like anybody else's and neither is yours. So quit creating juxtapositions between you and somebody else. They don't work. God's got his definite saying and definite word over your life. And I know that I know that I'm jumping around here, but I want to bring it back to the center. And the center is if you don't have an obsession yet, find it. Find your obsession. And I would say make sure it's a genuine obsession. Make sure that it's an obsession that is able to help others. Make sure that it's not just centered around you, even though it may seem like it's all centered around you and your story and everything. There's got to be a massive structural element to it that allows people to better themselves in your story. And once you find it, keep obsessing. Keep being immersed until that obsession becomes your possession. Done.